Lord, we just pray right now that you walk into every room, everyone listening to this broadcast. Lord, all around the world, that you begin right now to walk into their rooms, walk into their homes, walk into their vehicles. Lord, I just thank you that when your presence walks in, all fear has to go in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, right now for as your saints worship you, fear leaves and faith comes. That faith begins to rise in everyone's heart right now around this world. Then, Lord, I just declare right now in Jesus' name that we stand up as your children against this pestilence going across the land. Lord, we stand in unison with Christians around this world and declare in the name of Jesus this pestilence has to stop. You have to die in your tracks. You have to take your hand off of the children of God. You have to take your hand off of humanity and wither and die in Jesus' name. Lord, we speak right now as your sons and as your daughters. And we worship the one that we know is in charge. We worship you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. And we want you to walk right in the middle of our lives. Right in the middle of our hearts. Lord, just come into our lives. Send the power of your Holy Spirit upon us. Then in these days of adversity, Lord, we would rise up and we would be have, we would be your Christians full of love and have love and charity towards one another. And that, Lord, because of this, signs and wonders and miracles would take place. Signs and wonders and miracles would take place upon this land. Lord, we know that you are God. And we love you. And we praise you, Lord. Lord, we just declare that Nehemiah 2 and 8, that the good hand of God is upon us. And that even this night, Lord, as we've gathered to sit at your feet and to hear your word, That, Lord, you take us into that special place with you. Into that secret place. And you speak into our hearts. And, Lord, you empower us by your spirit. To be lights in the middle of darkness. To be truly the salt on this earth. Lord, we give you all the praise. Let's walk into the room of our lives, Lord. Walk into the rooms of our heart, Lord, right now. Just walk into the rooms of our heart. Speak into us, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. 
Lord, you are worthy of all praise. Just worship him there, church. Just let him walk into your hearts right now. Just let him begin just to touch you. Right where you're at. Just tell him the door of my heart's open. Lord, we want you walking in our lives. Just speak to him there. Let him take all your fears away. Let him show you the answers to the questions you've been asking. church these are stressful times as I've said so often you can go and you can listen to the news feeds and and get in total fear but I just want you to know man Jesus has an answer for everything and if you just if you've just been in his presence here this is where you need to stay you need to get up every morning you need to worship him these are days to seek the Lord. You need to reach down in your heart and get the junk out of the way so that the Lord can just walk through the rooms of your house, rooms of your heart, and just minister to you. Just minister to you. So Lord, we just declare right now that we're hungry for you. We want you in our lives. We thank you for it, Lord. Praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm glad you tuned in today for the broadcast and watching around the world. And uh, it's a kind of a new experience for all of us. We're trying to get used to doing live video and to a church where there's no one here but just the praise and worship team. And so that's kind of an unusual thing, but I just, uh, I, have I got anybody out in the parking lot that's got a honk on? Oh, praise the Lord, I got some out there, I can hear them. If you think I've gone crazy and you're wondering what's going on, well, the church parking lot out here, we've got people that have come and gathered and they're listening by radio out in the parking lot and giving me some honks as some amen to know that I'm not just preaching to an empty, empty church, but, well, I am preaching to an empty church. I'm not, not preaching to an empty audience, praise God. You know, I don't know, church, I'm going to tell you, I miss you. You know, every morning I go out and I, I feed my sheep, I throw some corn out to the sheep and I, you know, look at them, make sure they're okay and 
And this is kind of discouraging. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm throwing corn out here, but man, I just got a couple of sheep standing around here eating. I don't have all of y'all's faces. So I want you to know you're in my heart. I'm praying for you always. I, I, I just am, uh, can't wait till we can get through and pass these days of this virus and get back to some normalcy. But uh, I want to share a word with you. So get your Bibles out tonight. And if you would open up to the, uh, we're going to start in 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. I want you to know the, the title I have of this message tonight is just The Purpose. The Purpose. You know, every one of us has to have a purpose in life. If you don't know that you, what your purpose is, or you don't know that you have a purpose, well then, you know, you're just kind of lost in life. You're just kind of floundering around. One of the confession cards that I wrote up for y'all and, and have here at the church, and we can always send you one if you write to us, but it says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm one of a kind. I'm uniquely designed for a purpose that only I can fulfill. And I believe that each and every one of you have a purpose. And your purpose in life is to be like Jesus. But I want to get into this for just a minute, and, and then it'll all start to make sense. But the word purpose, according to Webster's Dictionary, it means the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So the word purpose literally means why something exists. Now, you may say, where are you going with this, preacher? Because, you know, we got problems on the earth right now. Well, let me just explain something to you. When Jesus came to this earth, he came to this earth because he had a purpose. Tonight, we're going to find out what the purpose of Jesus was, and then we're going to find out how he wants you to fulfill that ministry and carry his purpose out on this earth. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil had sinned from the beginning. For this is the purpose of the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. The purpose of Jesus on this earth and coming to this earth was that he had one thing and one mission to do. That was destroy the works of the devil. You know, I kind of got mad today. I saw uh, uh, an article somewhere. I was doing what I tell you not to do. I was grazing through the headlines and, and, and I saw this article, you know, and it says uh, that they believe that this is the wrath of God coming upon the face of the earth. And I thought, you know, that's just right for... You know, everybody start blaming God for something that's going on. It amazes me how whenever things uh, good, nobody wants to give God any praise. But the minute anything turns bad, it always becomes an act of God or God's doing this. And so I thought to myself, you know, they got it so backwards because the Bible probably tells us that the whole ministry of Jesus to come on the face of the earth it was destroy the works of the devil. He didn't say that the works of God. He didn't say that he was going to alter this or that. He said he was coming to destroy the works of the devil. So, you know, we kind of got to look at this because the word destroy means to loosen, undo, dissolve anything bound, tied, or compacted together. In other words, Jesus isn't just coming to just, you know, like make it go away. He's coming in there to, if it's got compacted together, if it's stuck in there hard, if it's bound, if it's tied, he's going to dissolve it and restore it back to what it should be. Now, 
The enemy's trying today to do some destruction. He's trying to take people's lives. He's trying to, to kill people on the face of the earth. This is an act of not God. This is an act of the curse that came upon the face of the earth at the fall of the garden. But we have a choice in life. We as Christians, we have a choice. We can either fulfill the purpose of God for our lives, or we can fulfill the purpose of the devil or the world for our lives. The world wants to manipulate us. Think about this. The minute Jesus arose from the dead, he spent 40 days on earth with his disciples, spoke to them, told them, instructed them, told them things that were going to happen, told them what was going to take place for 40 days, and then he was gone up to the right hand of the throne of the Father. And immediately the devil comes in and brings in persecution on the church, trying to destroy the church. Immediately. He didn't wait. He came in immediately. Because he knew that if we ever got to believing what Jesus did was truth, that that would be a powerful thing. He could never stop it. He knew that if you believed out there, if your faith connected with the word of God and you started to actually operate in faith, not in fear, but in faith, fear is the opposite of faith. You started to operate in faith. The moment you did that, the power of God was going to begin to work through your life and you were going to start to fulfill the purpose of God for you on this earth. You were going to start to destroy the works of the devil. You were going to be the one that, that, that ministered to people. You were going to be the one that gave somebody an encouraging word. You were going to be the one who, standing in a line trying to buy toilet paper, bless God, let somebody else go first. Or maybe you're the one that reached down in your pocket and gave somebody some money at a time when they were you know, distraught. But being the, 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 the children of God, being the, truly what Christians are supposed to be, fulfilling the purpose of God for their life. Well, when you start to do that, when you start to operate in the power of God, what it does is it destroys the works of the devil. It dissolves them. All the compaction, all the junk he's wanting to put down on you for life, all of a sudden it gets destroyed. It's no more. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that's overcome the world. It's our faith. The victory that's going to overcome the coronavirus is going to be our faith. Amen. I know that doctors, hey, yeah, I love that. Give me some honks. The doctors want to say, oh, there's going to be a cure or whatever, and I don't know how that's going to work out, but I just know that from my standpoint of knowing what the Word of God says, it says that the Word of God is what heals us. It says that Jesus has the power, just like he did 2,000 years ago when he walked the streets of Nazareth and opened blind eyes and raised the dead and, 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 and cured leprosy, that he can still move today. But the problem is nobody wants to believe it. The problem is that we're all set back and we've gotten to be, excuse me, but we've just gotten to be apathetic, lazy Christians because things have been good. Now, all of a sudden, there's a plague on the earth. Now, all of a sudden, your house is threatened, your life is threatened, your families are threatened, your friends are threatened. And now, all of a sudden, everybody's wanting to turn to God. Well, that's great. I'm glad you are. But listen to me. you got to get in faith and know what his word says. It's no time to play religion. It's no time to just tote your denomination you belong to. It's time to know what the word of God says, to grab hold of the word of God and the truth of God's word and begin to act upon it. It says this is the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. The victory that's going to overcome the world is your faith believing in the word of God. 
Amen. Love those honks. Love those honks. Keep them coming. Now, what is he redeeming us from? Let's get our theology straight. Jesus came on the face of the earth to redeem us from the curse of the law. From the curse, actually, that came upon us in the garden. You go back, you read Genesis 3. We all know the story about Adam and Eve and falling in the garden. At that moment, a curse came upon the earth. And mankind who was walking in the garden with God, who was walking in the presence of God every day, who God came along and fellowshiped with them and talked to them and just had a glorious time, all of a sudden that fellowship got broken because of disobedience, because of what we call sin. Well, Proverbs chapter 26 verse 2 says, like a, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without a cause, it shall not alight. A curse, a curse can't get on something that isn't curseable. I don't even know if that's a word, but I think you know what I'm talking about. If it can't be cursed, then it can't be cursed. It's like Balaam going out. Numbers 23, he was going out to curse the children of Israel. And as he came up to the, to the, to the rock of the mountain and he went to curse Israel, all he could do was bless them. He couldn't curse them because God wouldn't allow him to speak a curse over something that he had blessed. Folks, listen to me. We've been too long walking in, in our in a, in a apathetic Christianity, in just a lazy Christianity, where we know if we die, we're going to go to heaven, but we're not truly seeking God to operate in God's power. We've just been going along. Maybe we got over something and forgave somebody that hurt us or this or that or the other. But the truth of the matter is, there is so much more in the scriptures than just that. Deuteronomy 31, the, 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 the children of Israel, they understood blessings and cursings. They understood what it meant to live under the blessing, and they understood what it meant to live under the curse. Now, God, he, he wasn't trying to, to make anything complicated. He simply told them, he said, look, this is what you're going to do. You can go read this over in Deuteronomy, really 28 through 31. You read all of this, it says, that God says, if you'll do what I'm asking you to do, in other words, if you'll live the way that I'm asking you to live, then you're going to be blessed. And you're going to be blessed when you go in, and then you're going to be blessed when you come out. He said, you're going to be the head, you're not going to be the tail. You're going to be above, and you're not going to be beneath. You're going to be blessed. He said, just, just live with me. In other words, let's get back to the garden experience, and let's get back to the place where I'm fellowshipping with you each day. Folks, we have, we have so rejected the love of God, it's unbelievable. We've allowed ourselves to reject the love of God in our, in our public schools. We don't, oh gosh, don't pray anymore. Don't, don't, don't make people nervous and don't talk about God and don't do this and don't do that. And we have so taken God out of our system, it amazes me that he still loves us. But he does. I want you to know tonight, he does. He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants the broken fellowship to be mended. If you go read in the same places about the curse, well, man, you start talking about the curse, you're talking about sickness and disease and poverty and all kinds of problems would come. But I got good news for you tonight. Galatians 3.13 said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
Jesus made a way. Jesus had a purpose on life. Jesus came back onto this earth to come in and destroy the works of the devil upon this earth, to break the bond and to break the chains and to break that, that cement of the curse upon mankind so that mankind could have a restored relationship with God. Right now, people need to be getting their relationship back right with God. They need to be crying out to God and saying, Lord, we want to have a relationship with you. We want to have fellowship with you. You know, it's real interesting. People talk to me all the time, say, well, how do I have fellowship with God? How do, I, how do I restore my broken relationship? Well, let me ask you a question. How would you do that with anybody? If you had a broken relationship with, you know, a brother or sister or, or a friend and you, you, you got out of a relationship, what do you have to do? In order to make that relationship start to work, first thing is you got to talk. You cannot have a relationship without talking. Well, God's talking to you right here in His Word. Are you doing any talking to God? Are you reaching out to help on your part to restore that relationship? Now, let me ask you something: If you wanted to restore a relationship with a with a uh, relative, and you said, "Well, I'm going to wait till they call me." Well, you know what? They may never call you, and you may never get that relationship restored. If you do the same thing with God, you may stop and say, well, you know, if God wants me, he'll, he'll, he'll get to me. He'll show me a sign. He'll do something. Look, you may be waiting a long time. You know, maybe it's time for you to pick up the phone and call him. Maybe it's time for you to reach out and call God and start praying and start reading his word. And start asking him to come into your life. And like I said earlier, when we were singing that song, open up the doors of your heart and let him come in. Jesus has already redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's already made a way so you can have that broken fellowship and that broken relationship restored. One of the beautiful scriptures that I always have loved is in the Old Testament. And sometimes we get this kind of mixed up. When I quoted you Deuteronomy 28 and through 31 a while ago and talking about the blessings and cursing, that was after Abraham. But before Moses, when Abraham was there, God said in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, he said, Now the Lord God said to Abraham, Get out of your country and of your from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing, and, the, and I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now listen to this. God Almighty stands up, and he tells Abraham, he says, Abram, his name was Abram then, he said, Abram, listen, I will bless you. Now listen to me. Listen, church. If the Almighty God makes a promise, then he will keep his promise and he will not break it. It is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to make a promise and he not keep it. So let's just think about this. God Almighty promises Abram, I will bless you. And then that's just there. It's just hanging. It's just his covenant word to you. I mean, it isn't going to go away. Well, it's interesting if you look back at Galatians 3.13, the first part says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
having become a curse for us. It's written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Look what that says. Jesus redeemed us from the curse so that that blessing of Genesis chapter 12 could come upon us. In other words, the blessing of God Almighty saying, I will bless you. Wow. The creator of the worlds is saying he's going to bless you. The creator of the worlds is saying, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to have a relationship with you. Listen, if you haven't been praying and you haven't been talking to God and your relationship is broken, it's broken on your end. It's not broken on his end. On God's end, he's still saying, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. But what are you doing about it? Okay? That's where we've got to take a stand and we have to rise up. And as 1 John 5, 4 says, through our faith, we have victory. It's our faith in knowing that God has blessed us that we will have victory. Now, church, I want you to understand something. All of you out there listening, I want you to understand something. Jesus' redemption is so amazing. He didn't just redeem us from our sin, our broken fellowship. He redeemed us from the curse. Now, that curse meant everything bad upon this earth. I read this morning Ezekiel chapter 47. I thought it was kind of a, you know, it was just God this morning reading. My daily reading, I just came across Ezekiel 47. And I was reading it and I thought, it says there that flowing out from under the throne of God is a river. And that river goes out and wherever the water touches, it brings healing. Now, does that sound like a God who wants destruction? Does that sound like a God who's orchestrated a virus to kill people as his wrath? It says flowing from under the altar in the throne of God is healing to the nations. And it goes out, the river goes out, and then it says that there's, there's trees growing along the side of the river, and if you eat the leaves of them, it's medicine. It's medicine. That's what it says. It's all about healing. God's about healing relationships. God's about healing your physical bodies. Listen to me. Come on, give me a honk. I'm telling you, in Isaiah 53, when Isaiah prophesied about what Jesus was going to do, he said he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. We were healed. We're not going to be healed. We were healed. He redeemed us from sin. He redeemed us from the curse. He redeemed us from sickness. And I'm telling you, if the church world would rise up in faith, they would find great victory in this. I believe with all of my heart. Call me crazy, but I tell you, I'm crazy preacher. I'm believing the word of God is true, that the coronavirus would drop dead in the presence of Almighty God if people would just put some faith in it and just believe. Come on. Amen. If y'all are wondering out there, if you're just watching, you're wondering what's going on, man, I got honkers all over the place. We're honking up the parking lot right now. That's my amen crowd out there just honking and honking and honking. I don't know if you can hear it, but bless God, I love it. We may start something new here. Once this is all over with and all gone, I may not, you know, I may have to pet people out in the parking lot just to honk on a Sunday morning. Amen. I want to show you some more scripture. Okay. I want to pound this into you tonight. 
In Matthew 8, 16, it says, When the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick, that they might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. One of the reasons why I love this scripture here is in Matthew's gospel, Matthew confirms that what was prophesied in Isaiah 53 is the truth. He said, he took our infirmities and he bore our sickness. He took our, infir- he took our infirmities, our infirmities, and he bore our sickness. Why? Because that's what's in the redemption package. That's what it means to break the curse on this earth. That's what it means to destroy the works of the devil. Listen to another one of the disciples, Peter, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Peter announces, What Jesus was doing was healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Doesn't say by God, it's by that curse, that devil over there. You got to get an understanding. God's not trying to kill you. God wants restoration. God wants to bless you. God wants to destroy the works of the enemy in your life. Amen? Amen? But look at this. It says, Jesus did this because God was with him. Church, it's time for you to rise up and realize that you are children of God, that you are born again, that you have been washed in the blood of Jesus. If you know right now, let's just stop and let's just make that point clear. If you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, if you believe that he is the son of God and you believe with all of your heart that God raised, that Jesus was raised from the dead and you have asked him to forgive you of your sins, then folks, you are a child of God. The Spirit of God lives and dwells on the inside of you. And if that's what you've done, then you are a child of God. You are a son of God. According to Colossians 1, 13 and 14, you have been taken from the kingdom of darkness and now transferred over to the kingdom of the Son of God. Now, wait a minute. If you got taken out of the kingdom of darkness and got put over in the kingdom of God because of your salvation, well, then why would we ever think we would be in the curse? We should be fulfilling what Proverbs said. Man, the curse can't alight upon me because it doesn't have place. Curses don't come where blessings are. You got to remember who you are in Christ. You are a child of God. You have been born again. Your sins are forgiven. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus. It's time to rise up and talk like a child of God. It's time to rise up in your homes and walk around your house and say, hey, I am the redeemed of the Lord. My house is blessed. The good hand of God is upon me. I am blessed. My children are blessed. There can no sickness come upon my dwelling. No pestilence will come nigh me. A thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. That's what Psalms 91 says. That's how children of God talk. You see, the world wants to put on and say, oh, you're just some crazy, wacky Christian. You're just, you know, you're one of them religious people out there. Listen to me. Isn't it funny how many people want to get religious right now? Yeah. I'm telling you. They've been running around playing all this time. Now something serious is happening. Everybody's like, oh, you know, Jesus, help me. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it's time to rise up. It's time to be children of God. 
It's time to be full of love. It's time to walk in the power of God. It's time to pray over the sick. It's time to see miracles. It's time for signs and wonders. It's time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to be like it was in the original days when it first started off, full of faith, full of the Word of God, full of power, and miracles and signs and wonders happening. Amen. Love those honks. Okay, I got a few more things to say. Now, I want to read 1 John chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. It says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him, because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. It's time to not get talked out of what's yours. You have a purpose on this life. You're supposed to be fulfilling the ministry of Jesus Christ on this earth, and it's time to not get talked out of what's yours. Don't let the fear come in. Don't let the, the enemy come in in any form or fashion and talk you out of what's yours because the Scripture says if your heart doesn't condemn you, you, have, you can have confidence towards God. Well, folks, listen, you know when you're lying, nobody has to tell you that you're that you're lying. You know it. You know it down in your heart. When you're doing something that's wrong, it kind of goes back to the old thing. If you've got to ask mama if you can do it, you shouldn't. All right? You shouldn't do it. Because if you've got to ask, really, you already know that in your heart it's wrong, and you're saying, ah, well, just, you're just trying to get somebody to help. It's like my wife and I. You know, I love my wife all my heart, and I preached Sunday and talked about, man, this is time that we need to rise up and do some exercising and this and that and the other and get ourselves in shape. And, and then I just got down, and, man, we were all hungry. The whole family was hungry for cookies. Now I hadn't eaten cookies in forever. But, man, I was like, oh, make some cookies. You know, and I ate them, made me feel terrible, but I ate them, locked them right then, but let's God. This made me feel terrible, but my heart was condemning me the whole time. My heart kept saying, Robert, don't do it. You know it's not right. Don't eat that cookie. Don't go there. Don't do that. What did I do? I didn't listen to my heart, so I knew I was lying to myself. Well, listen to me. Quit lying to yourself and letting the world take you out of what's rightfully yours. You're a child of God. You've been born again. The power of God is upon you. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. It's time for you to rise up and speak like a Christian should speak. It's time for you to tell fear to get out of your house. It's time for you to rise up and tell sickness to get out of your house. It's time for you to rise up and be caring and loving about your neighbors. Amen? Okay, I just got a couple of more scriptures. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. It says, this is the message which we've heard from him and we declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Here, there's that word fellowship I've been talking about, restoring that broken fellowship, fellowship with one another and the blood of of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Folks, listen to me. If, if you have no sin issue between you and God, it's been taken care of by the blood of Jesus, well, then there is no place for a curse. The blood covers. The blood covers your sins, restores your relationship, restores your fellowship with God, 
so that you can walk in the blessings of God. He goes on and he says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word's not in us. Listen, he says right there that he is faithful to forgive you of your sins. You know, over the years, I've talked to a lot of people, and they say, yeah, I know God forgives me, but I don't know if I can forgive myself. Well, you need to forgive yourself. You need to just get over it and forgive yourself. You need to realize that you're made out of dirt. We don't do everything right. We make mistakes. We do things that are wrong. But if you really repent and ask God to forgive you, well, then you need to take on that cleansing power of the blood of Jesus in your life and let him break off those chains, those bonds, those, those compacted areas in your heart that he came to destroy so that you can be free to truly walk in fellowship with God. You know, if, <laughs> this may be a really bad example, but I believe these are days that we need to, you know, have, some, have a little, find some joy, have some fun. But, you know, if, if, if there was three of you were walking on a path together, and let's just say one of you had B.O. and you just really stunk. You just really smelled bad. And everybody around there knew it, but they just didn't want to tell you that, man, you were foul. You were ripe. You were burning their, everybody's eyeballs. You're hurting their nose. This is not good. You don't like it. But they're trying to be nice to you and just don't want to tell you that you stink. But you know that you stink. You know what the right thing to do is? Go take a bath. Right thing to do is to stop and say, folks, I need to go home and change. I, I, I stink. That's the right thing to do. Well, maybe some of you right now, that's what you need to do with God. You need to say, God, you know, I've been bringing some of my stinking thinking into this whole arena of my life. I know I don't smell too pretty in your presence. You know, God loves you enough. Jesus loves you enough. They're not going to tell you right off the bat, you know, you, well, you're a foul. You really stink. They're going to give you some time to get out some of those compacted areas of your life. And let you go and say, okay, I'm going to forgive so-and-so, or I'm going to get rid of this stink in my life, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, and, 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 and repent. It's called repentance. Repentance is, the, is the, the, the shower of the Holy Ghost in your life to cleanse you so you don't stink. It's called repentance. So maybe it's some time right now that we need to do some repenting. We need to do some things to get right with God. Because the last scripture I want to leave you with tonight is Hebrews 13, 8. Listen to me. Jesus Christ, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing has changed in his ministry. Nothing has changed in his purpose in life. His purpose has come to destroy the works of the devil. So right now, wherever you are, listen to me. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want to ask you to grab hold of this prayer with me tonight. I know these are strange times to be listening to a, 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 a radio station or to be listening to your, your computer or your phone, wherever you're at, to be hearing it. But I believe God's anointing is powerful enough to reach right through there and touch your heart and to bless you and deliver you. So I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray over everyone out there listening to this broadcast. I just declare right now, Lord, that we realize the purpose in your life is to destroy the works of the devil in ours. 
So, Lord, we've come to you right now, and we bow our hearts before you. And we ask you, Lord, to forgive us of our sins. Lord, the places in our life that stink, Lord, we repent. Take the cleansing, cleansing blood of Jesus and wash us. And make us right, make us whole with you, Lord. Because we want restored fellowship. Lord, we repent any time we've ever thought that what was of the curse was actually of you. Because, Lord, we know you're a good God. And that healing flows from the throne. So, Lord, let that healing waters flow into our lives. Flow over this nation. Flow over, Lord, this world. And begin to to heal and restore the lives of people who turn towards you. Lord, I believe you right now that, Lord, you're going to empower us because we're going to rise up in faith. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. We're going to rise up. And, Lord, we're going to see the power of God manifest in our lives. I believe you, Lord God, that the believers will truly be Mark 16 believers, that, Lord, they'll go out with signs and wonders following everyone that believes. That these are days, Lord God, that as the fence gets rattled, people fall off on the right side. That, Lord, you give us divine appointments, that we can run across the path of people, that we can lead them to you and to know your goodness and your mercy. So, Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for restoring fellowship and giving us a sense of purpose in this life to destroy the works of the devil. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, I believe that prayer. I believe right now that God's touching you. Amen. Amen. I got some honks going on. But listen to me. I want you to know these days, even though they're hard to have a personal touch, we're putting out information. We're praying for you every day. We've got these live feeds going up. We're going to have the live feed going out again Sunday. We're going to keep ministering to you. We're going to keep putting the word of God out there. But listen to me. You know, wherever you are, I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to pray for some of our partners, some of the people that we work with. I want you to pray for, for, for the Tate family and for the uh, Casa Angelina and all the orphans down there and everything going on with them. Pray for Pastor Wynn and Gwen over in Wales. I talked to him today, and they're in total lockdown over there. And so pray for our ministers. Pray for these people that are around the world. Pray for the project going on in Kenya. Spend some time in prayer. And ask God to bless them. Ask God to open up some new ways and some new avenues to bring in income into those lives. And I want to ask you also to think about your neighbor. Look out for your neighbor. Maybe have some of that windshield ministry in their lives. You can go over and pray for them through the, through the glass of their house. Bless them. See what's going on. Check out. Call them. See if they need anything. But these are the days to be, be Christians. Be Christians. I want you to know we love you, we pray for you all the time, and we are going to see you again on Sunday morning out here on the live feed. Hey, God bless you. Amen.